You're listening to a CanadianMovieCrew.com production. Hard to Kill is the story of a police officer who is out to avenge the death of his wife. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Oars at Movie Podcast, where we try to find the real story behind the story. I'm Derek McFarlane. I'm Mean Mark Nesset, and you can take that to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us, he brought us this movie. Um, if you haven't tell, it's uh, Hard to Kill, starring Steven Seagal, brought to us by Scott White. That's right, Mark. I'm going to take you to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> the blood bank. <laughs> actual dialogue from this movie from steven seagal to himself might i add yes <laughs> <laughs> which there is a lot more of in this movie than i remembered i i gotta say right off the top i fucking hate steven seagal <laughs> steven seagal sucks so much and he thinks he's so good he's like the donald trump of actors yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't notice, that was him singing our opening song. That's, uh, I think, "Girl Gonna Be All Right" or something. I, I I couldn't. I didn't know that. I didn't know he had an album or recorded any type of. Yeah, it's it's music brutal. That, yeah, that's uh, just another in the list of celebrities gone musician. And I've and I've listened to his discography. His was one like tracks or sounds from the Crystal Cave or whatever it was called. Oh, good lord! And much like his acting career, he lets a lot of other people do the heavy work. Um, <laughs> so, so I've got a question, uh, Scott. Yes. Why this movie? <laughs> I when I grew up, I'm I'm older than you guys, and. Uh, Early Steven Seagal, I liked early Steven Seagal. I liked uh, Above the Law, um, his Under Siege. I liked this one. I liked uh, Marked for Death. And I was in a video store. I was in a used video store, and I found this DVD for 55 cents. Not a DVD, a VHS. And I have a VHS player. So I picked <laughs> it up, and I watched it on VHS, which is how you need to watch Steven Seagal. <laughs> How long ago was that? Did you get the D, the VHS? Uh, last week. Last week. <laughs> Lines up to about the time he said, "Hey, you want to do Hard to Kill?" Uh, yeah, right. yeah, yes. that, that, yep, that does uh, make sense. Absolutely. And I was wondering. I didn't know. I thought this might be a little too mainstream. I know our or is it's can be a little. We've done Doll Man and Hercules and Velocipaster. So yes. Oh no, we love dipping in the mainstream. You know. Like um, cool as ice, and uh, <laughs> well, we've done speed. Yeah, we yeah we did speed. Oh, okay. Yeah, not, so. not, not the drug, the movie. Yeah. Oh did yeah, we do, have we have no problem speed picking two? on. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> do you want to get in on that one? Maybe. Uh, we'll, yeah, actually, we'll, actually, we'll, actually I'll, I'll pass on speed two. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to do, like some Willem Dafoe. <laughs> well, we kind of did speed two. We called it the net. So. Oh yes, I remember that. Yeah, it was it, it was basically the same, realistically speaking. Watch your Sandy Bullock um, heads over here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I gotta say, say, Scott. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. 
uh, just going to welcome to the show Kelly LeBrock. Yes. You might know from Weird Science, the the, the, the movie. Hey, she's uh, and... one of ours, eh? What? No, she's... She's... One of... she's... She was uh, half uh, French-Canadian her on her dad's side. Oh, okay. Raised is that in where London. The... Well, well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Charles Boswell, you can welcome. Welcome... Oh, sorry. Welcome back to the show, Charles Boswell. He was a... Uh, freaky clown in Batman Returns. <laughs> uh, William Sadler, who was in Eagle Eye. And then, of course, welcome back, Steven Seagal, when we did Under Siege. I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it a welcome back for Dean Norris? Maybe. Uh, Best known for Breaking up. Bad. Uh, no, Dean Norris, I, I don't see anything here, Mark. Do you? Okay. No, I maybe maybe I was wrong. I just... I didn't know that name until Breaking Bad, so <laughs> okay. I guess it's welcome to the show. Who was the guy who was uh, the sidekick on Renegade? He was in this movie. Oh. He was one of the dirty cops at the beginning. Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know if I've ever watched Renegade. Oh. Uh, Branscombe <laughs> Richmond? No. Zachary Rosencrantz? No, that's Sunny Storm. Never mind. That name sounds familiar. Anyway, regardless, we'll find it. If you find it, we'll bring it back up. Um, so, yeah, early Steven Seagal. I got to say, Scott, I'm kind of with you on this. Uh, so I uh, I grew up uh, partially in, like, small town Canada. Not much to do but go down to the local video store and see what's up. And... I ended up kind of basically falling in love with like that late 80s, early 90s, like martial arts movie phase, like like more more so like the American martial art ones, not so much like the Hong Kong stuff. But although I did get into that a bit, but like Seagal and uh, uh, there's a guy, uh, um, Jeff uh, uh, Speakman, Jeff, Spink Jeff Spinkman and yeah, uh, yeah. Mike Dudikoff. Yes, uh, American Ninja, and then of course Steve—not uh, Steve Martin, <laughs> Steve Martin, <laughs> Chuck Norris. How did you get Steve, you get Steve Martin at, uh, going for Chuck Norris? <laughs> I think at one time in both their careers, they've had an arrow through their head. I think that's what... <laughs> maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice save, Derek. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best, but yeah, I consumed all the the Seagal I could find there in terms of like uh, like his action movies. Which I mean, what else did he do? But yeah, early Seagal. Uh, the the martial art his his uh, aikido style was like unlike anything anyone else was doing. It wasn't like Karate Kid or Kung Fu or anything like that. So it was really, um, you know, really really uh, unique, right? So of course I you know, devoured as much of that content as I could. But looking the back on it, sorry, go ahead. About oh, the thing about Seagal is he 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 came out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, he was not. He was not there, and then he did above the law. He He just came. I uh, like with other like Chuck Norris was known for in the karate world, and he did you know, and he had small roles in Bruce Lee films and other films, and he worked. As, it was like Seagal was not there, and then all of a sudden Seagal was there. Yeah, like um, even even Van Dam, another one. I, I watched a bunch of his movies. Van Dam. Uh, Kind of got his start in in uh, a, a smaller film, No Retreat, No Surrender, as the bad guy, you know, French kickboxer. And he was the original Predator in the Predator movie. Van Damme? Yeah, Van Damme was uh, the original guy in the Predator. No. Yeah. 
Now they they recast that though to get like some giant dude, right? They they recast it because Van Damme left because he wasn't going to be seen. But they actually chose him. They like, chose him first. Yeah, go to insane. YouTube. There's there's pictures of him in the Predator, not the Predator suit that the original Predator suit. There was an original Predator suit that looked like shit, and that was what Van Damme was in. And then they wow. recast it. They got the they got the seven foot guy. And then they re, you know, and then they redid into the cla- what the classic Predator look now. Oh, definitely a good call, especially going up against Arnie, right? Like you, you can't have your Predator shorter than Arnie and then be a menace, right? Wow. Okay. I didn't. Wow. I'm learning, learning all kinds of stuff. Seagal can sing, and Van Damme Predator, and well, <laughs> quote unquote sing. Uh, <laughs> okay, Seagal did sing. <laughs> he did one. sing. There you go. He did sing. We 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 know now he did. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm just looking at uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's uh, IMDb page And the third one, his third ever role in 1984 Was a movie called Missing in Action Or, sorry, no, uh, fourth one Monaco Forever And he plays Gay Karate Man <laughs> so. No name, anyway. just <laughs> yeah. oh, let's, uh, let's get on with this one All right, so <laughs> It's like we're avoiding. T- well, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm just going to say I, this is uh, I enjoy this movie for what it is. Uh, this oh. is one of my favorite Seagal movies. Oh, man. Seagal and his old man foo. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's the thing. Eh? He doesn't age, like even though he sits out the seven years of the movie, he he doesn't age like others age around him. <laughs> <laughs> but he looks the exact same. I think he looks even better coming out of the coma than he did going in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So okay. So we start off. He's 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 videotaping on a VHS recorder. That's a VHS recorder, folks. Oh yeah. Well, the year is 1983 when we start our movie, and apparently it's Oscar night. What? Because yeah. why does it have to be on Oscar night other than I, the bad jokes? Yes, it's everybody makes a big deal about this being Oscar night. No, only like, Seagal's like, making a big deal of this. Well, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but like that would tie in some like, like that would tie in later. It would like he'd make a connection, but it never does. It's just Yeah, like and, where's che- where's Chekhov's Oscar night where you know if you if you mention Oscar night in the first act it's got to be Oscar night in the third. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. No. <laughs> well, that was like, shouldn't like, you would think though, with the number of times I mentioned the Oscar night in the first act, you would think that the final showdown, like William Sadler would be at the Oscars and then Seagal would come and beat him up in front of a bunch of celebrities or something. Like, or they, he was having an Oscar party or something. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or something related to the Oscars, but no. <laughs> it's just so he can say so he can say lines like so he can ask the store clerk after he get, he, he he runs away from the um I should say he's he's recording a um a clandestine meeting. Yeah, a a, a hit. These guys are asking a a future senator or the senators asking the guys to to kill somebody and he's recording them. Yeah, it's crooked senators asking mob, comma the. Yeah, like that's pretty much all we get from those guys. <laughs> yeah, and then so they just, and then so he he gets away and he stops in at a store 
to buy a corner store to buy champagne and a stuffed bunny because apparently he's Nicolas Cage from Con Air. So <laughs> now, Scott, uh, I believe the term is bodega for a store like this in the in the U.S. Uh, no, we do not use the term bodega. <laughs> oh, I've heard the term bodega just bandied I, about. I, I think that's only in certain communities, Mark. I think oh, that's okay. like Spanish Harlem. Yeah, this is a. This would just be a regular convenience store. Okay, okay. So we're yeah. talking more clerks than. This like, would be like a Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. Yeah. With so, with yeah. champagne. With, with champagne. champagne. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see like a Seven Eleven, like a Slurpee machine, but have champagne in a big gulp cup. You know. You but, but the insane thing to me is he goes up to the clerk. He says, "Hey, do you have any champagne?" And the clerk's a dick and goes, "Yeah, man, right next to the caviar." And then he goes, nah, just kidding. It's over there. Like, you have it. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? The, that's the joke you say if you don't have it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yes. And, and, all, and all you have is like, like, yeah, malt liquor or something. And then you're like, oh, the champagne's right next to the caviar. <laughs> but instead, he's got a big, what do they call them? Big thunder, thunder bottles there, whatever it's called. Or, um, oh, 40, uh, 40 ounces. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what are they called? <laughs> Magnum. Magnums. Thank you. But he picks up a little tiny one. Oh, I thought it was like a big one. Oh no, it's like a glass and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, and the stuffed bunny. Like it's then, the the, the, the but, bunny's holding the bottle, which is. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's. But then he turns to the thing. He says, uh, "He turns to the clerk. Says, why 'Why aren't you watching the Oscars?' Like everyone has to watch the Oscars in 1983." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the clerk I, says, "Well, I got everything I need here. I got all kinds of security cameras. I've got violence." I've got uh, romance. I've got porno. He says, and I don't have to pay four dollars. And I'm like, why would you need to pay four dollars to watch the Oscars? <laughs> what happened in '93 where you had to pay to watch the Oscars? And why would you ever do that? This is '83. That's what I'm saying. '83. Yeah. Four dollars might have been the cable bill. In '83, <laughs> oh maybe. I think he might have been. It was. I think he might have been referring to like actually going to the movies. Oh yeah, yeah. That would cost oh. about four dollars in '83. But okay, yeah. It makes sense, but they don't explain. Yeah, it's not. It's not clear. Well, and and not not for nothing, but this clerk's never seen uh, Return of the Jedi. Then screw him. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know what I like. Sorry, just to rewind, just to, just to, for a moment. First of all, the the '80s tech bigger is better, right? Bigger camera, bigger picture. Um, but I love that he's doing. He's got a video recording, and then he's got a supplementary audio recording as well. Yeah. Like he's got to get the sound on a parabolic mic on a cassette tape because the microphone on the VHS camera just won't do. And then he's gonna later on do what. Derek does with the show and link and, and cut and edit and link up audio <laughs> together, to, sync, yeah. <laughs> to sync with it. Like, like, or like you're putting a riff tracks together with a movie, you know? <laughs> and then, but on this ad, admissible evidence, like this is going to be used in the court of law. You'll be able to hear Seagal saying, Oh, come on guys. I'm missing Oscar night. Like <laughs> yeah. your honor, ex people's exhibit a, <laughs> yeah. It will be forever entombed. <laughs> oh, oh exactly what day this happened. So then, just for no reason, these this gang comes in and robs the place. Oh, yeah. Just, just basically gives um, Seagal a chance not to save the man's life. Nope. 
because the the guy behind the guy, and I love I love the exchange too. He comes out with the he hands and the, the the clerk hands the guy the money, and then he brings out a bat and says, "I've got half a mind." And then the guy shoots him in the chest. Yep. And he says, "Now you only got half a mind." And I'm like, "Nope, that's not how that works at all." <laughs> And here's the deal. Steven Seagal sees this guy get blown away. Mm -hmm. Does not phase him at all. Doesn't no. even move. Does not even move. Not like, no! It's, it's like, it's, it doesn't phase him that an innocent person has just been blown away in front of his eyes. Could not, it's not, I don't think that he couldn't care less, but it was just he had no no emotional reaction. Even as a seasoned cop, an innocent person gets blown away. You're gonna react to that. But and no, that's yeah. the important thing to say here. He's a cop. Yes. Yeah. And he does nothing to stop this crime. No. He's more interested in the punishment than and the, the prevention. And the, and the clerk even says, Where's a cop when you need one? Yeah. And it's and like <laughs> you, right there. He was right, right there, there. <laughs> and he doesn't Literally identify right. himself. No, like that would that should have been the first thing. It's like us, oh, you know, uh, stop in the name of the law, you know. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Just no. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let this guy kill you because I hated UHF. Wait, that guy was in UHF. Yeah, he was the uncle. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he was the uncle in UHF. <laughs> oh, that poor guy. <laughs> you mean the movie? That had the poster of the thing with, with two heads. That a podcast that we did. Oh man, yes. that is seven degrees of VHF, UHF. <laughs> you, you just inception that shit. Yeah. <laughs> so these movies are now UHF, and this movie is now linked <laughs> to to the man with two heads. To, to this podcast, the, yes. To, yeah. to the thing with two heads to CanadianMovieCrew.com, yeah. Yes. To to the Scott White podcast. Like, holy yes. cow. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It, and so, and all of this is done just to set up the whole, oh, oh, well, I have this. Well, I guess it's not fair. I'm going to put this down right over here, and then I'm going to fight you. Oh, it's still not fair? Well, I'm going to get on my knees, and I'm going to mm -hmm. fight you. And, like, who cares about the dead guy? Apparently, you know, he hell, he doesn't watch the Oscars, so he can die. But yeah. now I'm gonna now I'm gonna punch you in the teeth. Like <laughs> Yeah. Or chop you in the throat. I love that. He's the he's the like the last guy using that throat chop. It's it's awesome. <laughs> and, and and he'll kick to the balls. Like there's no honor. He will kick in the balls, he'll chop you in the throat, choke you out, like his his fighting is just whatever whatever needs to get done. It's 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 almost dirty, but he makes it look good. Um, so then he goes home and uh, puts his so puts his son to bed, and then he's gonna go get sexy with his wife. And when I know when I want to get sexy, I put on Johnny Carson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking yeah, so, about the Oscars. <laughs> so he, yeah, he he missed uh, the Oscars, but got home in time for Carson and sexy times. Yeah, like and and he's gonna make it up to the wife with a, a micro bottle of champagne and a stuffed monkey. <laughs> yeah. With with blood on his shirt. He doesn't even he's got he's got strangers blood on his shirt. And this is the eight so this I guess I think this in 83 it was technically before AIDS was a big scare. 
It, we're on the cusp of it. Yeah, we're on the cusp of it. But dude, you've got strangers' blood on your, sh- and you're not even gonna. <laughs> and well, and she's kind of strangely turned on by that. Yes. <laughs> like oh 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 blood, and he's like, don't worry, it's not mine. <laughs> well, all right then. Let's 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 get down to it. Like, you know, what are we waiting for then? Oh shit, the kids got to pray. <laughs> yeah, I I was raised Catholic, so I remember this one. And well, and also, I, dude, I listened to Enter Sandman, so I remember this one. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just saying. But I uh, at his age and even younger, I was saying this one and not realizing the gravity of the if I die before I wake. but that's foreshadowing foreshadowing foreshadowing. yeah really (laughs) that's okay because the kid is able to jump out the window and survive oh yeah uh yeah so so assassins (laughs) come because earlier okay oh i'm sorry yeah go ahead i was gonna say er earlier i i i like the part where seagal while he's on his his secret Ninja can't have a partner, so I'm talking to myself. Surveillance mission. Yeah. And he kind of does that weird boob, almost like a comedy fuck up, where he's standing, first of all, on the wrong side of the corner. He's like banging his equipment, trying to make it work. He's like, oh shit, it's not, I can't hear him. And they just, <laughs> and he, bang, bang. And then they're like, what the hell? That's how they discover him. Like, it's a total, like, this is not the cool headed guy from the convenience store. Shouldn't be like standing out in the open banging on his equipment, making a bunch of noise in a secret surveillance mission. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it's it's weird. That should be, like, his comedy sidekick that gets him caught. Yeah, or, the or comedy sidekick out, you know what I mean? who, who kicks over a can or or knocks something and, yeah. you know, Seagal, you know, gives him this look. Like, oh, shit. But, <laughs> but he's made to look like, yeah, which is odd because... As you mentioned, Seagal in real life has a giant ego. Yeah. Yes. And the fact that he sort of looked incompetent in that shot. He does. Which I, I find that hard to believe that it made it in because he has such, if you, the fact that he gets, well, we'll get to it when we get to it, but in all Steven Seagal movies, he takes, Zero, zero to very little damage, and and he he's not yeah. he's not like Indiana Jones or uh, you know Bruce Willis yeah. and Die Hard where they get the where they get the shit knocked out of them and they just keep coming back. Oh yeah, he's yeah. almost he's almost you know invincible, in, and he in, he always knows what to do in every situation, mm-hmm. and you know it's just a matter of how he's going to get out of it, not if he's going to get out of it. Like right. like you said, Indiana Jones, great example because he'll fall ass backwards into a solution. And just kind of, he'll trip and fall and hit the secret doorway or whatever and, and get out of stuff. Where Seagal, he'll already know the secret doorway's there. For no right. reason, he'll just know. And, I've, yeah. I've grown up learning that it's, it's called showing your ass. It's like, as a hero, you're, you're willing to show that you can make a mistake. Yeah. Like, you can make the wrong decision. And in this and Seagal in his movies, he's not willing to show his ass at all. No, he's not. Well, and that's why, like I said, this you're like you're you're right, Scott. It's weird that this made it in because we find out that really the only reason why they know who it is that was spying on him was the dirty cop intercepts the call. So why do they need the bumbling? You know, were my they, equipment doesn't work. When, were they were they not in the same room as the chief when they got the call? No, they took. 
the call came in to them. They gave it to the chief, and then they they went out and listened on an extension. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dirty cop there with the big hair picks up line. And why three would you as not well. just? Why would you not not just call the person directly? It was like, hey, so and so. I get it was the chief or Seagal's partner. It was a cop that Seagal trusted. Yeah. And he's calling him and telling him about the bust. Just call him personally. The yeah. more people that have to intercept this call, the more things can go wrong. You, the, the, you know, the more links in the chain, the more chance you're going to have a weak link. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, if, if there's only one cop you trust in the precinct, you call that guy at home. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you, well, you, you know, hit, Steven Seagal. personal landline. <laughs> I'm Steven Seagal. I got so much martial artist knowledge in my head. I only know one phone number. <laughs> well, that is true. He's not the guy to whip out the uh, a Rolodex. <laughs> yeah. Go, go, did it reference? Yeah, the little black book. Yeah, the little black book. <laughs> and I was, um, I was a lot. What was it? Eighty three. So I would have been. Oh, so the movie came four, out in February of eighty three. I would have been or fourteen or fifteen 90. years. I would have. I would have just turned fourteen or fifteen. All right, anyway. I do not I do not remember the ponytail being a fashion hairdo in the early 80s. No, it, it wasn't. And that it retroactively he he's he's oddly forward dating himself because he has the ponytail yes. in in uh, what is supposed to be 83, but it really doesn't come into fashion till later. And he keeps it in 1990, right? Which is Yes. The ponytail it, yeah, the late 80s and early 90s, that's when the a man wearing a ponytail came in the fashion. It wasn't too much. It wasn't really a fa the action. That was the mullet, like in in. He the should have had 80s. a mullet. That would have been awesome. <laughs> now, you see, Seagal has fake hair. Um, oh yeah. If yeah, if you see his if you see his first movie, it's like he's got thinning hair, and then all of a sudden he's got this wicked hairline that it. So he he has he has fake hair in the front at least. Um, not not anymore. I've seen him uh, in person actually at a like recently uh, last year. Uh, yeah, I, I was at a comic convention in Montreal, and he was a uh, he was a guest there. So he had his autograph table. He's pretty tall, actually. Like he's about six five. Yeah, he's a tall yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a tall guy. Yeah, he stood up, and I was like, Jesus! Like the only one that was taller than him, uh, Lou Ferrigno, uh, who was also there. Like, but yeah, that he's now got the five head though, Seagal. He's yeah, Mark's just taking this opportunity in the podcast to drop that name, drop that name, <laughs> yeah, drop yeah. that name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I saw him. We were in, wanna, we breathe the same air. Do you want to bend over and pick those up there, Mark? That's <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Ferrigno, wasn't he Hercules? Yes, <laughs> yes, he was. There we oh, another, another tie into this podcast. <laughs> See, now it's relevant. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> okay. Scott. Now, now it's, it's relevant. relevant. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but we're, talking question, about everything, we're talking about everything but this movie. Well, my question, though, for the room here what happened at the Oscars? <laughs> who, who God, when are they going to get to the fireworks the... factory? <laughs> there was a, there was a scene where they go, and the winner is Ben Kingsley for Gandhi, and this cop is like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's this guy was a huge Ben Kingsley Gandhi fan because they announced it. And he said, yeah. <laughs> 
he yeah he's so happy about it it's like he had a bookie and he was he was actually betting like he he won 50 bucks on ben kingsley you know <laughs> all right okay so here's this well so what, the, the first part of the movie is Seagal is spying on the, the, the these mobsters and they're making a deal with the senator and he calls in and there's a couple of bad cops that intercept the call and the bad cops come to Seagal's house. Uh, they come to Mason Storm's house, by the way. Care yeah, like, Storm. <laughs> <laughs> his name might as well be like penis big hog or something like that yeah. <laughs> mason storm okay the most unstoppable son of a bitch i ever met yeah well he got stopped tonight yes oh i guess you win the oscar tonight mason because <laughs> how i was talking that was about an actual line but go ahead yes I-, I was talking about in steven seagal movies he's unstoppable and he stopped in this movie but it's such it's so cartoon. He gets shot four times. Yep. In the chest with point, a near, near point. Yeah, near point near blank, blank range. range. Yeah. Not wearing a not wearing a bulletproof vest. He no, he's shot. got his sexy time clothes on. Yes, and he still beats the shit out of everybody before they finally blow him away. He gets so, shot once. Comes back, kicks a dude in the nuts, punches him, gets shot again. That only slows him down slightly. He he beats up another. So two shots to the chest. Most mere mortals would would be dead already. Tis with a flesh a, wound. With a shotgun. Yeah. A shotgun. Uh, it, it, yeah. His wife takes one to the chest, and that's it. She's gone. Yeah. So you now we had to agree. Is like okay. I'll get shot, but you have to shoot me like twelve times, and I get to kick the <laughs> shit out of everybody before I before I die. So quote, they probably, fi- I bet you, they filmed a longer cut where he does get shot twelve times. That just <laughs> just to placate him. And like, no, no, we had to cut like the middle eight out for time there, Stevens. So, yeah, where like he beat up like eighteen other dudes while he's still bleeding from the chest, and then yeah, you know, but they just they just cut it down, you know, like. <laughs> That's my guess. But then his little action hero son. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Derek. Well, well, you, just, you already said it. He's like walking down the he's like, And I love to the bad guys turn. They see the kid and they're like, the kid, kill him. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's a fucking 90s movie right there. Yeah. Gonna... <laughs> they're wearing masks and he's what? Five? Yeah. You know, five or six years old, this kid? Yeah. And, and like, they're worried about a witness. They're yeah. worried about a witness. I mean, <laughs> he just learned yeah. to go potty. But yeah, but no. But they have to because they're they're trying to frame him by saying that he went into a coke induced rage, I guess, and killed his wife because they uh, plant no, cocaine. I, they plant cocaine, and what they're saying is is that he they're trying to like he double crossed. A gang, and they came back and got revenge because oh, they because okay. he's because he stole his coke. I, yeah, uh, I think I did see a headline something like "drug deal gone wrong" or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they blamed it on like on those druggies, quote unquote. They, they blamed it. They blamed it on him being a bad cop. He was a bad cop that got caught up in a drug deal. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the irony. Um, so the son gets away, and then you cut to the hospital, and they announce that the wife is dead, obviously. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they announced to uh, not John Claude Van Damme there, the, the the lieutenant William Sadler, who I'm sorry, it looks like John Claude Van Damme in this movie, at least no, in Sad- that scene. Sadler's the the soon to be senator. Oh, is he? Oh, well, then who was the lieutenant cop? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. There's a bunch of like nobodies in this too. Like they're just playing the. Uh, but anyway, Sadler, and, yeah. And the thing that William Sadler is the bad guy in this. And he was the bad guy in Die Hard 2. Yeah. And he had so much more to I don't know if it was. He had so much more to do in Die Hard 2. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, he's. It's like he's a good bad guy, but they didn't really utilize him as a bad guy. Um, I, I thought he was, you know, he was under wraps in this movie because I liked him in Die Hard 2. Now, and uh, same year, by the way. They were both released in 1990. Mm-hmm. Really? Like, so yeah, this is you said what what uh, month was this? Like January, February? February. This was February. Yeah, July 3rd, 1990, Die Hard 2 comes out and then you have Sadler doing his naked yoga in the church yeah. or wherever wherever their hideout is. Oh, that's the guy. Okay. That's the yeah. guy. Yeah, that's that's William Sadler, yeah. Naked yoga. He's Not also big... death. He's also death in Bill and Ted. Yeah, that I knew. Is he really? Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's been ages since I've seen those. Making a comeback this year. Yeah. Death. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to go back and watch the other two. You see who's in that movie, Mark? Who one of the daughters is? Uh, George Carlin's daughter. George Carlin's daughter. You know, do you, do you see who the other daughter is? No. Samara Weaving. It's oh. The bride from Ready or Not. Awesome. I love her. No, not awesome. That movie looks terrible. But anyway, <laughs> I, we're, I'm digressing again. Come on, Derek. Just be just be excellent to each other, would you? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Fucking stay tuned for part two on that one. Um, <clears throat> to be continued. <laughs> so, yeah. So he goes to the thing and he's like, "Oh my god, uh, Steven Seagal is dead." Oh, I was such a good friend of him. And then the doctor comes up, and goes, "Uh, no, he's not." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "What?" He's like, "No, he's not dead." Shh, and he pushes him back. He's like, "Okay." Don't let anybody know that he's still alive. I'm like, why? All right, this is uh, why. Yeah. Are, are you? Is this the guy you're thinking that looks like Van Dam? I think it's Frederick Coffin. Frederick Coffin, yeah, yeah, L- Lieutenant O'Malley. At least in that scene, he did. He does. Yep, yeah, he did. Yeah, until he becomes Old Man O'Malley. But yeah, but like, why? Why? Why are we keeping this a secret? Uh, it's like O'Malley kind of already knows the plot of the movie that he's been set up, so he's just trying to keep everything hush hush. Yeah. Right. Um cuz does does he know that there's crooked cops? It's well, he, I think he knows to the, at this point that there's it's been it's an assassination. He doesn't believe the whole cocaine thing. So right, yeah, knows, I know I, so that. I guess yeah, he knows that somebody is, you know, killed his wife. Uh he doesn't know about the son yet because he hasn't been home. So his yeah. his wife I guess takes in the boy. When we're at the hospital, and so all he knows is that the wife's dead, and whoever did this will probably come back for Mason if they know he's alive, right? I think that's okay. all he knows at this point. So announce that he's alive and get him when he comes back. Yeah, really. Yeah, you know, don't leave the hospital. It's like, oh man, well, I gotta go. I gotta catch the Oscars on, I, I, on the reboot. <laughs> Here's what I'm gonna say about that. Whenever there's somebody in a coma in a hospital and their police guard, they always it always gets fucked up. You're because it's true a, on that. They, 
the police guards are always drawn away for some reason. Uh, For some reason, when you're in a hospital, somebody cannot guard a hospital room without without it screwing up. It's true. true. It's the it's the most guarded, least safe place you can be. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like hiding your money in a bank vault in the movie. Someone's getting in there. It doesn't matter. You know, (laughs) like somehow. (laughs) So they don't let anybody know he's listed as John Doe. And seven years later, uh, apparently he only grows facial hair around his mouth at that point. It isn't until later we find out that Kelly LeBrock shaved him every day mm-hmm. to give him that thing. But he just until wakes up yeah. until she didn't. And then all of a sudden he just wakes up he, like seven years later and he's got like a goatee. And I'm like, what, did he just only grow the goatee? <laughs> yeah. And then we find out later that she shaved him. But I'm like, all right. And she's in love with him. It's it's not a good look, by the way. I don't know <laughs> no. why she... Like, she gets so surprised. Oh, wow, you clean up real nice. It's like, that was one of your jobs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the weird thing, yeah, because he shaves later on, and she's like, oh, wow, you look so good. And I'm like, you shaved him that way. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> thought the other way was better somehow. <laughs> and you had seven years. You could have, like, let it all grow in. Shave it down, shave it off again. Okay, that looks better. Let it grow all back in, grow a thing. You know, you could have like had them so many different ways. Like literally your personal cabbage patch doll. Yeah. If I can use another 80s reference there. (laughs) Yeah. And that was like Mr. Potato Head. (laughs) Mr. Potato Head. Google that, kids. Now now she hasn't been there the whole seven years, though, because she she says, well, your your file dates back seven years. So okay. she's she's new ish, but long enough that she's been able to play around with his facial hair. So I don't and know. And look at his dick. Yes, several times. <laughs> Wait, what? Did she say that she did? No, she. Yeah. she no, she says, "I hope you wake up soon." Then lifts the sheet, looks down, and goes, "Real soon." And oh then drops fuck! That's right. This is after, and I can't. I think I was making a note here. So she would. She fucking brings in. A kitten just to make a little pussy joke. (laughs) To herself. Why? (laughs) Are you practicing for a stand-up career? What the hell's wrong with you? I know it's the the early 90s. Everything flies back then. but She she moonlights as a prop comic. <laughs> and Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal's her prop. Yeah, <laughs> you do like a puppet show. Yeah. Well, you know that line. It was like, uh oh, Steven's getting pissed. Let's write a line about him having a big dick. All right, we'll All put right. it in the script. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I just, sorry, I just, I just want to see this night call back where she's got him propped up and is just pulling on. Maybe that's why she shaved the goatee so she can. Like, oh, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you very much. And he just pulls on the goatee to make him talk. And... <laughs> oh, I, I think Scott's right. They're filming the scene where they got the little kitten, and she puts the kitten next to his head. Maybe he's like allergic to cats or something. Oh. <laughs> and he just he just sort of wakes up and goes, "Hey, wait a minute, can we cut?" Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm gonna be if I'm gonna let myself uh, have a little cat next to my head, uh, I want everyone to know that I've got a gigantic member. So can we put something in there to make it a joke or something? If, if she can talk about a little pussy, you got to talk about my big dick. <laughs> <laughs> and he then, doesn't know. He doesn't get the joke. He thinks it's the 
You know what I mean? She's talking yeah. about her actual pussy. Well, if she's going to talk about her pussy, you, you got to talk about my dick. Like, he get the cat joke. <laughs> so, and then, okay, so then he wakes up, and she goes over. Uh, well, first he rips off, like, his heart monitor or something, and so she goes over, checks on him, and then he wakes up, and then when he, when the coma patient wakes up in the coma recovery room of the hospital where she works... She panics and runs out of the room screaming. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, like, are you not trained for this? There's got to be a handbook kicking around at least. There's, there's got to be a procedure for if the coma patient wakes when the coma patient wakes up. Do you think the training is just like like don't how to panic cut their the patient? Uh, uh, how to cut their hair, how to, you know, like basically maintain. Um, excuse me, what happens if they wake up? Oh, no, that never happens. Don't worry about it. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to say Steven Seagal's uh, coma acting is is hit or miss in the fact that, so he's been in, he's been in the coma for seven years, which means his muscles have atrophied. Yeah, and in some scenes he's acting like he can't move, and then in other scenes he's just acting regular, like his limbs are moving. Yeah. So he he never really got the he, he got the coma acting down where it was tough for him to do anything. He he, <laughs> so, he sort of went in and out of that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, in some scenes he's rowing that bed like a canoe. Like he's... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So of course the the bad guy shows up because she makes the call and says, "Well, I was told to call. I was told okay, to call." What, I, I'm sorry. Here's what I don't understand. So nobody is supposed to know that he died, right? It right. Was, but when she calls the cops, it seems like everybody knows what she's calling about. She's, so did, she calls the guy, his best friend, who's no longer with the with the precinct. She calls O'Malley. O'Malley. O'Malley's, O'Malley's gone. She talks to... The, so did O'Malley leave this information with another cop? I don't... I don't know how the other cops knew that this was Mason Storm. When she just said... She called and just said the John Doe woke up. Well, they immediately know it's Mason Storm, and they immediately know where to find him. Well, I thought yeah. all that was... I thought that was all put under wraps, so, so this wouldn't happen. You're right. That is a yeah. weird, weird kind of whole. It's either that or for some reason. Now, this is Dean Norris, right? The guy who takes the call. That That's who I've been talking about, uh, Dean Norris. But anyway, it's it, it's either what you said, like there's been instructions. Well, if someone calls for John Doe, don't worry. It's, it's actually, you know, Mason Storm, which would be stupid. Or Dean Norris says to the other guy, well, you better get your doctor disguise <laughs> and go down there and <laughs> check it out. <laughs> yeah, I can't see why. Yeah, I don't, you're right. That's that's that just doesn't make sense to me at all. No, you're if right. The cops, I guess that the cops they knew, but they didn't think. Well, if he doesn't come out of his coma, but why take no. chances? If a guy's in a coma, shoot him. That's that. Yeah, go. Just put a pillow over his face. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm his brother. I want to see my brother. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know. <laughs> Put on your doctor disguise. Ask the nurses yeah. to leave and shoot him. Yeah. 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 That's so weird. Like, how did they know that this John Doe was, you know, M Storm? Like, it's you know, like. Wow, that that's a weird. good question. Yeah. Wow, this movie just got worse. 
So, <laughs> so, so the bad guys go to the hospital. Meanwhile, Steven Seagal, who just woke up out of a coma, is getting a massage. Sure, I guess. Forget physio. Let's go straight to massage therapy. Why? <laughs> a doctor doesn't. Does a doctor even look at him? No. I, no, I don't think so. Wouldn't that be the first thing you do? You get a. You get this guy in a room. And get his vitals? Get his vitals and uh, x-rays or whatever. I don't... Oh, no, no, they do. They do. They wheel him out of of where he was lying. And, there, yeah, there is a doctor. Oh, we need an x-ray. We need a CAT scan. Okay. Yeah, and all this stuff. But they don't show any of that happening. He goes straight to massage therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, after talking... One of my favorites is... is, uh, um, when, When he first wakes up, She's uh, she's the uh, finally you know comes to her senses. I guess this is happening now. Someone finally woke up, and she's talking. Don't try not to talk. Try not to talk. She says, "What's the last thing you remember?" (laughs) So do I not talk or do I answer your question? Now I've got to ask that question before I answer your question or not answer it because I'm not supposed to talk. Well, I was a cop, but I followed as a cop for a whole year. Nobody noticed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man <laughs> I would love if they blame if he had like a whole new different voice coming out of this oh my god that'd be great <laughs> if he did hey guys <laughs> we gotta go <laughs> I remember my remember my wife and my kid was being murdered oh my god there was, there was a case where this woman went in to get her wisdom teeth pulled and when after she had her wisdom teeth pulled, she she was from America. She spoke with an English accent. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so something like that has happened in real. Uh, <laughs> y'all y'all gonna wake me up when it's over, right? I mean, uh, hello, how are you? <laughs> uh, how did it go? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> that sounds fishy to me, but that regardless. sounds a little weird. Oh, by the way, I love fake doctor when he comes in. <laughs> Uh, he comes in, he's talking to the receptionist, and she's, of course, open book because, well, he's wearing a lab coat, so he's got to so, be a doctor. Oh, yeah, he's got to be Even though doctor. we've never seen him here. So let me give you the entire list of all of our patients and where they're located and everything. And then he, he plucks a flower from the flower pot that's sitting right in front of her and hands it to her. Like he went yeah. to the store and bought them himself. And I'm like, and she's all... She she's oh. all weak in the knees, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she she's got the vapors all of a sudden, and I'm like, should I be doing this? I can <laughs> I save a lot of money, right? Like I can just go pick up the flower that's right in front of her that she already has, and just I, yeah, I've seen this in like movies. I've seen this in movies too, where the guy will go pick a girl up from the front door, and then just like pick a flower from her garden in the front in the front yard. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, well, genius, <laughs> but it works every single time. Yeah, they start swooning. I, I think it's one of those things like, you know, the key, putting the keys in the visor of a truck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just happens in movies, and that's the only thing that happens. In. I, I guess. I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. So so he they play some sort of elevator tag. Seagal in his, in his bed with a broom hitting the, the numbers of the floors, right? And this... Yeah. This inept cop doctor, who's already murdered two other people, that you know, two innocent people. Yeah, yeah. He kills a doctor, and then he calls the 
did he know that that was Seagal on the on, on the gurney? Because he was a, a a far way away. I don't know if he would be, have been able to see that that was Seagal. I don't know actually. What's your read on it, Scott? I don't. I think he was just he saw that guy come in and he's like, I better take care of him. I, but he didn't see them. He like the orderly didn't see the dead body until he called him over. Right, but the cop knew that the orderly was coming that way. So I um, I guess he was just trying to catch him off. If the if the guy got any closer, he might see that he's shot. But if it's like, hey, hey, get over here, excitement and all that, he runs over there. Um, I don't know. I mean, it was done. The reason it was done for the movie is to keep Seagal next to the elevator so he sure. can just push himself in. That's why it was done. Yeah. Um, yeah. To have but that I, scene. Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think the cop was trying to just, instead of firing across the room, he can just play doctor and say, orderly, come here and help me. And then when he's at point blank range, he won't miss. Yeah. I mean, okay. this is a guy who gave a girl her own flowers. So, I mean, he might not be the sharpest tool in the drawer. True. Know? True. <laughs> so. So how did he get out of there? He she finally catches up with him, and then starts he, pushing oh, that's him right. out. Yeah, he takes the elevator all the way to wherever the top. So to the top, and Kelly LeBrock finds the dead bodies. And when Steven Seagal first came out of the coma, he told LeBrock, "It's like people are trying to kill me. You got to get me out of here." She dismisses it as him being, you know, loopy from the coma. Yeah. She she sees the dead body. She actually puts two and two together, which a lot of people don't do in movies, and and she gets him, she gets him into her car and they drive away. So that's I, how he gets away. I, I gotta say, the uh, Brock's character is kind of funny to me because, like you're right, doing her job, she gets freaked out when someone comes out of a coma. But yet, the two dead bodies, she only mildly is like, "Oh dear." You know, <laughs> oh and, dear, a murder plot plus a cover up. I better get this innocent and, man out of here. But but immediately springs to action. She finds Mason. She starts wheeling the bed out, gets him into the car and drives away like she's not. You know, what I mean, you would think that like it should be the reverse, like she should be perfectly fine on the job when Mason comes out of the coma. It's OK. It's OK. We're, I'm, you're in a hospital. I'm going to take care of you. No, no. She f- freaks out and runs away. Meanwhile, when she sees two dead bodies, she should just be beside herself because they've been murdered. There's like a double yeah. homicide right in her face. And she should just be, you know, like, oh, fuck. But well, she, she was freaked she out by a coma her. patient waking up. So but a dead body apparently is not a big deal to her. Yeah. And she just goes and she tries to call. She picks up one phone. Oh, well, they cut the cord. Well, I guess I'm an action heroine now. (laughs) (laughs) Away I go. (laughs) I think we also need to mention that Kelly Kelly LeBrock and Steven Seagal were married at this time in real life. Yeah. Were they? Was it? Yes. Do they meet on the set or is this this him casting his wife? No, it's him casting his wife. This is him casting his wife. Okay, oh, and he snuck in a topless scene with the other girl too. So, okay, good. <laughs> what? It's for the movie. Yeah, it's got to happen for the movie to make sense. It's okay. I, I just gotta. Yeah, I gotta. I gotta grab her boobs for film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's for the art, baby. <laughs> okay, Tommy Wiseau. Um, so, take so, me apart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So for the next ungodly long 15 minutes of this movie, he's just hanging out at this house. It's not even her house. It's her friend's house. She's house sitting. Her doctor friend. Yeah. Who 
probably wants to sleep with her, but you know, whatever. Like, and no, no, come to- stay, come see my awesome Asian themed house that I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Real um, uh, convenient that uh, he gets to have a uh, rice paper patty doors there <laughs> in order for his uh, his montage of healing himself back to uh, whatever karate strength or whatever. Yeah, th- thank God, thank God, you're hosting for a guy who has all my taste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and please, like she, she, he starts writing Chinese on her thing, and I'm like, oh, uh, she goes, where did you learn how to write Chinese? I'm like, please do not ever ask Steven Seagal, <laughs> where did you learn blank? <laughs> because he'll fucking tell you in great <laughs> unnecessarily long detail. <laughs> <laughs> it's like asking the Joker in the in the Dark Knight, "Hey, where did you get those scars?" Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the one thing that I noticed is, yes. Yeah, so Steven Seagal's at this house, and now he's going through he he's his recuperation. Which, by the way, for being. Uh, for being in a, I, you're, you're not really, we're not really told how long he's there, but seven years. Yeah. He's up on his, he's up on his feet and moving pretty damn quick. Yeah. He's got a cane, like, a, like right at the yeah. beginning, because I only, I only kind of look at the beginning of it for that, right? Just because, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he friggin' did the, the kayak bed thing. And, yeah. you know, and, but then now he's, yeah, he's just walking around with a cane, kind of. And then, but next thing we know, he's like jogging up the hill, which is not easy. Like hill, hill training's tough. Yeah. And then he starts like slowly punching the thing. I like that. I do like the progression of he's lifting just the weight bar. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. usually about fifteen pounds, I think, for those those barbells. And so he's just starting with that. And he's like, oh, I, I'm I'm barely benching this. I'm acting. Um, but then, and then all of a sudden, next thing we know, he's like. 800 pounds he's just fucking like one arm you know <laughs> but the thing i noticed is there's a couple of scenes without his shirt on he is not he is not ripped he is not cut he is he's actually kind of doughy uh he's he's skinny and doughy well maybe not doughy isn't the word but he has no definition his body his upper body had absolutely no definition um yeah he, like he doesn't have a gut but it's no, a he doesn't little, have a gut. It's a, it's but, a yeah, and this, he's actually he's actually skinny in this movie. Yeah, uh, and you can tell he has pecs, but not man boobs. But they're but it's not like yeah, it's not like the rock or chisel, no. Yeah, he's not. Uh, so I thought, well, you know, I, I guess that's kind of refreshing. We have an action hero that doesn't look yeah you know, that doesn't look like a chiseled uh, statue with his shirt off. <laughs> yeah, so the 1990, we're looking at what, like the Ultimate Warrior, you know, for like chiseled guys. 1990, yeah, Hogan even was chiseled back then. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, just provoking yeah, some Rick wrestling Rude. here. Rick, yeah, all, yeah, ravishing yeah. Rick Rude, ravishing yeah, Rick Rude with Mr. His Perfect. Uh, you know, yep, yeah. Well, like Arnold was even ripped back then. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold, Arnold was professionally ripped. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how he got his job was being professionally ripped. But you see, I kind of disagree because I have I have a note here because he, he was punching the board with the ropes on it. Yeah. Which, okay. <laughs> Don't know what that means. I'm like, oh, he punches like a tool. Because he's like, 
he's like he, he looks like Rock'em Sock'em robots punching this thing. <laughs> like he really does. He looks. Like, you, ever, you remember those the, those hand puppets that you would pull the trigger and then they one by one they would bring their things out. Yeah. Oh, like, remember those? Like the, pun- like the punching nun. Yeah. Like yeah. the punching <laughs> nun. Like, yeah, that's what he looked like, but like worse. And then he's running up the hill, and he looks like Hulk Hogan from Suburban Commando prancing <laughs> through town. I'm like, oh, he even runs like a tool. Like, what the fuck? There are, you've got to look at uh, John Leguizamo. Um, he was in Executive Decision with Steven Seagal. Everybody, you could, everybody makes fun of the way Steven Seagal runs. There are all these celebrities. If you go to YouTube and just look up Steven Seagal running, it's all these people making fun of him, how he runs. Uh, <laughs> he, he has well, like, when, yeah. When you're going up the hill, you do get tinier steps, but this is like this is tiny steps. This is yeah, like he's, he's not using his full potential there. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny, but th- I mean, uh, hey, it's okay. I've seen Rocky. I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, <laughs> he, that's, what think, that's what he thinks. That's what right. That's what he thinks he's doing because he, he gets up to the top of the mountain and then he just kind of stoically. Sits and poses, sits and poses and, yeah, yeah, like bring on the bad guys. <laughs> okay, I've retrained my body now, I'm an ultimate weapon. <laughs> and thank god, this guy that we're whose house we're borrowing is the exact same size as me, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he has a karate gi and a kimono, and like <laughs> he's got all the fixings for everything Seagal needs, <laughs> yeah. She, she. He he sends her out and she says and he says oh uh, I need uh, some uh, something and some needles for my retraining and I'm like needles yeah he does acupuncture yeah and, but then he does acupuncture I'm like oh right yeah, it's more like a bunch bu- of herbs and more stuff. bullshit science okay <laughs> you know what I'm kind of surprised at this again this doctor friend I'm kind of fascinated by the doctor friend now because. Of the layout of it, I'm surprised he just didn't have that stuff like in a drawer or a cupboard because he's got <laughs> like like Asian themed vases behind glass and the like you said the the rice paper doors like this guy is committed to the Asian culture. I'm surprised he just didn't have like an acupuncture drawer with all different sizes of needles or whatever. Yeah. By the way, that leads us to our sponsor for today. Um, if acupuncture isn't the way to go for you, you can visit Houston, Texas and see Massage Parlor Road. Yeah. Oh, yes. The... Yes. <laughs> there are, there are four, four massage, four parlors? massage parlors within 10 feet of each other and a dry cleaner right, right in the middle. middle. <laughs> oh, uh, that dry cleaner does big business. Big business. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you yeah. don't want to know why. <laughs> Probably washing the sheets after every. Exactly. After every massage, quote unquote. Yes. Uh, wow. So there's like a massage therapy turf war in your neighborhood, eh? Is that like yeah, <laughs> where all the parking is in the back, so your car's not out front. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a private entry. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> parking think- in the rear. Oh, okay. Uh, right there, yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> that. That's too much. So whereabouts is that? Is that exactly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't I'm get there yet, for, Mark. <laughs> I'm asking for a friend. Anyway, uh, Scott will be in your area, by the way. Uh, just if you want to hang out. <laughs> yes. I got I got some appointments. Um, <laughs> oh man, so he's. 
I love how he's it, Seagal in this movie is slowly destroying this man's house. This doctor <laughs> friend, like it starts first, like he's borrowing all of his stuff. He's he's using you know his wood and rope and then sma- and like smashing it and y- using his weight room and stuff like that. But then it comes to the, <laughs> the spear in the tree. Spearing his tree, so he's beating up the, the 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 yard now, and and then eventually we get to the bad guys knowing now that it's Mason, they are staking out apparently friends and friends of friends and the two women who work there. Um, uh, well, Mason Storm sends out Kelly LeBrock. Stephen Storm yeah. sends up to find uh, what is it? Oh, oh, what's the O'Malley? Friends? O'Malley, and um. So they follow her. So Kelly LeBrock finds O'Malley's mother in a rest home. Yeah. And on the way back to the house, the bad guys have followed her. So yes, they've they've they were following. Well, no, Kelly well, well, no sorry. She she finds the the mom. Yes. She comes she comes back to the house. He's oh, training. Right. He's yeah. training. She. She walks in uh, wearing her sexy dress, heels, her hair is all poofed out because it's 1990. And and basically it's like, um, she says, I thought you might want a flower, which translates to, I know you're training to avenge your wife and son, but I've got to get me some of that. Yes. And so that was odd to me. Yeah. He's constant. And he's got the, uh, she gives him the, uh, the newspaper cutouts as a motivator uh, and it's the news articles about his son and his wife being dead. Yeah, and that's motivating him. Every, slaughtered. Every every new slaughtered. He has like four different news headlines. All of them have the word slaughtered in them. Yeah. So he's doing this for the memory of his wife. Bang Kelly Kelly LeBrock. This is an action movie trope that bugs the hell out of me, and we may talk about it in a future podcast. Okay. Well, um, so so he has sex with Kelly LeBrock, and then afterwards, he's looking at his wedding ring. How did he have his wedding ring? He obviously did. They obviously didn't keep it on his hand they for did. seven years. They, they did? did? Yeah. I, I kind of I, I looked for it because I saw, I saw at one point he has – well, they do some shots of his hand because he's got that heart monitor on one of his fingers. It's, his, it's, it's on his left hand. So they Why show you, the heart monitor, and, they, and he has – why would you keep that on his hand for seven years? I don't know. That, that was, should shouldn't that be put away in a little envelope, like with his yes. yeah, like his possessions yes. that he gets back when he wakes up? Yeah, right. Yeah, there literally should have been a scene of her handing him that ring. By the way, I grabbed this for you, and that would have been a more impactful emotional scene. Here are you know I I managed to get these out of the hospital before, or I went back. I when, when you back. came when you came in, you were still wearing this, and I kept it yes. for you. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. But you're not going to leave a coma. Per, it's you're not going to. Let's like leaving my watch on for eight, seven years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Oh, what was that dirty T-shirt he came in? I'll ah, leave it. That's fine. You know, <laughs> it's fine. It's not his blood. Don't worry about it. Oh no, wait, it is. It is. That's yeah, okay. Just leave it. That's fine. Yeah, he's not going to care. He's in a coma. They never. We haven't changed his underwear in seven years. It's yeah. probably fine. <laughs> yeah, to walk out on its own. It's okay. They they never they never wake up. Don't worry about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> we have no protocol for that, so obviously they never wake up. So don't worry about it. <laughs> they, but yeah, he. I think I know where you're going with this. So he he has sex with Kelly LeBrock, and I and I do I kind of like this. Uh, 
hey, blonde lady playing my wife. Yeah, you're going topless. Uh, my actual wife, fuck all y'all. You ain't seen her titties. Like, <laughs> yeah. She does not get naked at all. Uh, you know, that's fine, but I think it's just funny that the other actress did. And and other actors, like later on, William Sadler's in a hot tub, and then that girl's topless. And so they, uh, yeah, but Kelly LeBrock, no, no, no. It's the best parts of this movie. Yeah. What's that? There was, I was doing laundry in this movie, and I think I missed the two best parts. Yes, <laughs> well, it's just it's it's side boob. That's what they, that's as far as they go. Yeah, so. Still, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you're right, Mark. That's it. So they they have sex, and then Kelly LeBrock is trying to find her nurse her nurse friend. Well, the, yeah, but she's upset though. Like he, he I think you said uh, you're you're going there. He looks at his wedding ring, and. He and then he shakes his head like, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that." Right, right. Uh, which she, doesn't make sense because he's yeah. I first, don't know. First of all, it's been seven years. I mean, unless it, it, unless she's been taking extra special care of him, you know, it's been seven years. Anyway, yeah. Um, but at the same time, yeah, like. It's it's weird. Like so, they put that in there, that action movie trope of like I'm avenging my dead wife, but I'm gonna sleep with the new hot girl. But then he has remorse over it, and and she's then calls her friend and she's crying, like she's really upset and wants to talk to her friend. Which she goes to the friend's house, and that's I think that's where they pick her up, where they pick up her trail. Well, yeah, yeah. because the, the the neighbor answers the door and says that she's dead. She's been strangled. It's like, it's like oh, you didn't know she's dead, and you look like the chick whose house they found her in. And like, well, that was quick. Thanks. Appreciate yeah, that. that. It's all over the news. It's like, and then <laughs> I love the, hey, come back here. Like anyone's ever listened to that. Like, what? How can I help you? <laughs> if you're going to give exposition, short and sweet. I appreciate that. It yeah, true. Wow. They just gave it. They gave us the information we needed to have, and and we just moved on. This yeah, guy true. gets it done. Yeah. Seagal could take notes. By the way, how'd you learn to write <laughs> Chinese? I just did. Next scene, yeah. you know, like <laughs> my father was a missionary in China, yeah, or Japan, uh, yeah, which is close to the truth, by the way. But he, he was an army brat, yeah, in real life, yeah. That's how, and that's how he learned Aikido. Anyway, so yeah, that's so they pick up the trail and follow her back to the house from the friend's place because they've been staking it out. They killed her, right? Yeah, to assume they killed, killed her and the then. They kill the friend and then just sit on the house waiting for the for Kelly LeBrock to come by, which is Go. stupid. I'm because so, if they kill the friend and ever it just so happened that Kelly LeBrock didn't see it on the news. What if Kelly LeBrock saw it on the news? She's yeah. not going to her house then because she yeah. knows she's dead. Um, yeah, yeah. Beth so and so found dead in her apartment last Wednesday, uh, strangled to death. Police are uh, not going to do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> now, now for the weather, because <laughs> they're all crooked. Now for the weather, Chuck. You know, <laughs> it's L.A. It's nice. Back to you to borrow a joke. Right? <laughs> it's a Lewis Black bit right there. So did they? So this is they, when they get into a shootout at the back of the home. <laughs> this is yeah. Now this poor bastard who who's. <laughs> Who, who's? I'm, I'm going to let this hot girl stay at my at my house at my palatial estate with my horses and whatever. <laughs> and nice. yeah, so they have the shootout, 
and this place just gets destroyed. There's a grenade that goes off. Where did Seagal get the grenade from? Did anyone pick that one up? <laughs> oh, I picked it. Yeah, I don't know where he. Where I don't know he where he grenade? got a grenade. Did it come free inside the Chinese takeout? <laughs> We're out of fortune cookies, so here's your complimentary hand grenade. Is hand that? Grenade. <laughs> and hold on, where did Steven Seagal get his jeep? He starts driving around in a jeep. Was it the doctor's jeep? It had to. Have I would been, assume she, so. Yeah. Okay. She had them. And where did her Mustang go? She had a convertible Mustang. Yeah, I don't know. The white. By the way, on a nurse's salary, that's a that's a sweet <laughs> Mustang. To have, you know, I'm just saying. So good. I'm, good for her. <laughs> that's the doctor's jeep. That gets destroyed. <laughs> It gets shot up. I love it. It's got a soft top and they're shooting at the roof, but it's like, nah, it's okay. Those bullets didn't go through. It's got three bullet holes in the windshield of the car and he's able to trade it with a Latino gang who has a sports car with a dead battery. They got a Camaro they're doing maintenance on. (laughs) Which magically starts working the minute Steven Seagal starts driving it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, on top of everything, if we're going to go back to the doctor, on top of everything else, the doctor had a horse. And yes, the, and the, the fence got broken down, so his horse runs away. So we this also, we, lost we also, everything. We also missed the scene, by the way. Uh, O'Malley finds, so so she found O'Malley's mom, leaves her number, or well, leaves the number for the doctor's house. So O'Malley traces the number to get the address of the doctor's house and finds Seagal. Mm-hmm. And they have, a, they have a talk. He gives him a gun and some ammo. And while they're out just having a nice little stroll, Seagal pulls the gun out and starts shooting up this guy's pottery in, that's in this front yard. He just, <laughs> he's, he's like further destroying this man's property. And wasting bullets. And wasting his ammo. Just, I mean, I guess maybe he needed a little target practice to see if he's still, you know, he's still got it, right? Because he was doing everything else. Um, but, and that, so, and then he gives, he, he gives uh, O'Malley the instruction, go get, go get my son, get him the hell out of Dodge. You know, it's about to heat, it's about to pop off kind of stuff. And then the guys come and they have, they, they have a gunfight where the bullets, so you can put a nail through a wall, but apparently these walls you can't put bullets through because they're stopping bullets conveniently enough. Like wherever they're ducked behind, the bullets aren't getting through. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome. Um, but he 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 murders a bunch of guys and then they leave. So now, yeah, well, hang on, Mark, because when they leave, Scott, you said that they uh, they tore open the fence. For the horse, they did well. Th- there's the joke. They're they're driving away, and Kelly LeBrock goes at like a, in uh, voiceover, or in uh, yeah. what do they call it? A very, a very poor AD, a very poor AD, ADR, a very very ADR, poor. Yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot to lock the door, and the horse gets away. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, like, is that a joke? Like a, yes, that's supposed to be a joke, but it is so clearly one not funny, and two so poorly done. It's like, also, no, 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 no. yeah, it just, it just sounded bad. I mean, oh, yeah. It, it, and there's no place in that scene whatsoever. It's the, okay, we got to go now to save our lives. Oh, hey, I forgot to lock the horse in. Horse runs out. Uh, I forgot to lock the door. I think she was just talking about the front door of the house. Well, then why would they cut right to the horse? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> but, but it really, it, it was one of those, like, they, they almost needed, like, a ba da ba da da Boing. If they wanted to yeah. do that, they should have 
They should have not done it in ADR. They should have had them shown them driving away and Kelly LeBrock to say, <laughs> you know what? I, I think I forgot to lock the door. Do it like sort of as a, 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 a tension release. It's like yeah. they got away. Yeah, and, they need, and yeah, she, they need and the camera in the Jeep. In the Jeep with them, and it's sort of a, a she tells a joke, and Seagal smirks, or, you know, it should have been a, re a release moment. It's like, we got away, and, and I'm going to tell this stupid joke. The joke is bad, but, you know, <laughs> the, it, it's at that moment, it's, you know, oh, we, yeah. can, we have a little breathing room as, a, uh, as of this moment. Yeah. That's how I, it should have been. I would have liked to have seen Seagal pull off a smirk. But anyway, yeah, uh, so, <laughs> I, 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 I perfect. What I want to see is this guy when he gets home, this doctor, <laughs> his, his house is Sweet, destroyed. Merciful crap. <laughs> his house is oh, shot to shit. His pottery shot to the shit. There's, there's dead after, men. After the credits, like uh, like airplane or something, you show the credits and you just see this guy, a cab pulling up in front of his house. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, oh, cut no, to black. I, I want, I want him. I, I want to be like we, or we just cut to an insurance agent's offense. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> cops, cops fighting other cops. Mm hmm. Okay. Avenging dead family. Yep. Got it. Got it. Uh, taken out of the corrupt senator. Yep. Check. Check. Okay. So what you need to do is fill out uh, form B fourteen. Yeah. Um, it's in your insurance handbook and submit yeah. that with uh, some Polaroids because it's nineteen ninety. Uh, of the damage and uh yeah you know what this this happens all the time in los angeles uh, with a lot of corrupt cops don't wor don't worry sir we're gonna take good care of you that's yeah. you know we're state farm we know how to deal with this shit <laughs> we're a good neighbor yeah yeah we're a good neighbor i mean we're, where's jk simmons when you need him yeah, um, yeah yeah we're we're a good neighbor but be careful who you have house sit for you next time okay sir all right you have a good day you know, the best one is a, is a, is a mid credit roll, and Ricky Ricardo gets out of the thing. He's like, "Lucy, <laughs> he's he's the doctor, <laughs> Doctor Ricky Ricardo." You got some explaining to do. Doctor Ricardo, Doctor Ricardo, Doctor Ricardo to radiology, Doctor Ricardo to radiology. <laughs> and so they go. So they go to. Um, they go back to his old house where he left the camera. Yep. Buried to in a wall. Pick up the camera. They, and they can... O'Malley, O'Malley had a copy of the cassette tape. Yeah. Yeah. So he gave the cassette tape. No, he kept this key. He, he had, he didn't give it to him. He still has it. He has a copy of the cassette tape and he then turned Sigal in one was... for evidence. Yes, but he made a dupe. Yeah. A dupe. That <laughs> <laughs> took me back. Yes. So they, so he, he they go into the house under the guise of, hey, we're thinking about, you know, what do you want about selling your home? Oh, you're doing a nursery. Let me check out the nursery. And then he does what I would call destruction of personal property. Well, we've already established he doesn't give a shit about other people's stuff. <laughs> no, obviously not. He basically, like, out of Temple of Doom, reaches into the wall and pulls out his camera. <laughs> Kalima Shakti Day. I've got my yeah. camera back. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, oh, your car, your contractor must have sucked his shit or whatever. <laughs> so now he just got some dude fired. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, there's a pregnant woman with fucking China glass broken all over her floor. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you go back, they went to the store and bought 
suit, Champagne? Bought, him a suit, bought him a suit and her address, and they used her credit card. So if they're trying to go, if they're trying to be stealthy, you don't use a credit card. No. They, they, can, they can probably track that. You, um, I, I don't know. Well, I, actually, this is 1990, so I think they still have the old where they just take the imprint of okay. the card. <laughs> that is so, true. That is true, yeah. Like, like, like if they do a hard-to-kill remake, which they should never do into – Today that would they instantly be flagged, but yeah, I think I think I think for 1990, it's like the yeah. yeah, they get it's one of the last years you could get away with using your credit card. You got seven to ten days before the cops can trace it. So yeah, <laughs> all right, yes, I stand corrected. <laughs> and at this point, I wrote down what fucking accent does Kelly LeBrock have? Because she keeps slipping into a French, into an English, and then back to American, and, and there then we go. English, and then French. And I'm like. Will you pick a fucking talking point, please? Her bio reads, she's uh, half No, I understand that, but what does she actually have? Raised in London. Okay, so she does have an English accent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, traditionally, I believe she she speaks. Yeah, she has in In Weird Science, she has that English accent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't she an it girl for like a hot second, eh? Like Weird Science. And then, and then she married Seagal, so she did this, and that's about it. She I, actually sued him. We'll get for, to that, Mark. But okay, then if oh, you okay. got that, then we'll yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in the notes. Um, the, so they yeah, so they go to so they arranged so, for uh, was it uh, O'Malley to take the boy to put him on a train or a bus to Grand Central, not Grand Central Station. That's New York. No, yeah, to, somewhere right. We yeah. To uh, to the to the train station in L.A. Yeah. So Steven Seagal went to get the camera, and he he has the camera, and him and Kelly LeBrock are supposed to meet O'Malley and his son at the train station. But they have this weird intermediary where he calls and leaves a message for Andy Smith or something like that, or Angela Smith, at this hotel. Yeah. He leaves a message under the name of Angela Smith. Something like that. Yeah. And but then so for, Kelly Le- yeah. For, yeah. So, so Kelly LeBrock goes in and says, do you have any messages for Angela Smith? So it's, it's supposed to be this covert way of getting a message that I've got your son. He's okay. We're, you know, and, and I'm getting him out of town, but the bad guys immediately pick up on it. Like it does, <laughs> it does nothing. Yeah. It does no good whatsoever. <laughs> I got nothing else till much later. So yeah. go ahead. Well, then, so there's a car chase. Uh, out of the, they steal some again. Destruction of property, not an issue. They steal a guy's Corvette right from the valet at the hotel. Yeah, because they because they're all the cops are there, and and he takes one guy and he throws him through a bunch of windows, a bunch of shop windows. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't throw him. Through, he tackles him through the windows. Oh, he doesn't right. throw him through the windows. He tackles him. He so he goes through the windows with him. And then he, he picks him up again and Akitos him through another one. Like, same guy. Yes. The other guys are like, they're just standing around like, get him. Like, like it's like a schoolyard <laughs> fight all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> and then they chase him out the door. And they, you know what? For once, though, I got to give these cops credit. They don't open fire in public. Your lesser villains will open fire in public. Yeah. Well, they are cops, so they have to put up this facade in front of other people. I, I, yeah, yeah. That's that, I did like that detail though that they at least paid attention to that, and it wasn't just like get them, blam, 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 and just start <laughs> shooting up the place. So they steal the Corvette. They get into a car chase. They get away. 
And then what happens, and after? Oh. what happens after that is the bad guys have found O'Malley and his son and Steven Seagal's son at the train station. That's right. Yeah. Because O'Malley's telling him, it's like, I, you know, I've, uh, your dad's alive. He loves you. I had to tell you that he was dead. And then the cops walk in and they start taunting O'Malley. And he and, hands the kid the tape. Yes. He slips yeah, he the, kid the, the kid the tape. tape. He's like, make sure your dad gets this. Google audio cassette kids and you'll see what we're talking about. (laughs) And then he shoves his, a bunch of luggage into the bad guys and they take off and then they get in a gunfight. And, uh, O'Malley, he kind of lives under this hard to kill moniker. He takes two to the chest and keeps on going. Yeah. He takes two, uh, not shotguns, regular bullets. So he's a bit of a pussy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and he ends up getting killed while the sun and this is this is lazy this is lazy writing 101 where his they kill O'Malley his son gets away his son is running through the parking lot of the train station cops are following him and just at that moment Steven Seagal pulls up and sees this kid running from P. It's that's just do you know what the chances are of him pulling up the exact moment that his son is running right in front of him being chased? Oh, I know that. Yeah, but that's what happens. So Steven Seagal gets out of the car and starts chasing them who are chasing his son. Um, now it's a Benny Hill sketch. Yeah. Well, they do get separated to, eventually, right? Uh, no, no. He, yeah. well, he, yeah. there's, it, there's two guys chasing him. There's one guy that trips in the alley he got shot in the hand by, by O'Malley, so he's he and he's complaining while he's running. He's like, "Oh, my hand hurts so much!" Like they do some ADR there, and this because so, you have the, you have the taller dude. Um, is it Branscombe Richmond? Yeah, plays uh, Quintero, and then you have some tiny tiny mouthy guy, and he's just like, "Oh, you know, my hand hurts so much!" And he falls in the puddle, and Seagal like just shoves him into a garbage dump dumpster. And then he catches yeah. up to Quintero and beats the shit out of him. Not only does he beat the shit, he beats the shit out of him and snaps his neck right in front of his son. <laughs> but, but not not before some more public property gets destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> this this poor guy trying to just trying to sell some food in a marketplace, and he, his shop gets. <laughs> I mean, and he's repeatedly like shoving him into different parts of this guy's shop. So let's make sure it's completely destroyed before I choke this guy out. But you're right. He kills a man right in front of his son. Yeah. It's okay. I put a mask on him. He'll be fine. (laughs) Don't worry. Like we didn't even get get like a, a, a placating like, don't worry, son. He's just napping or something like that. Well, the son's like 15 now, right? I know, but. He hasn't seen him in seven years, so... <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here's... We, we're getting into the ending of the movie, and I just want to... I just want to clarify this. Steven Seagal has the tape of the governor making the threat. He has mm-hmm. the audio of the governor making the threat. Yeah. He turns it in he turns it into, he turns it into the whatever, uh, the, the news. six o'clock news guy. Yeah. And then he goes after the governor 
in his mansion. I know we, we wanted to have the big club. There's no reason for that to happen. No, no you're no, right. There's no reason. I have the evidence right here. I present it to the police. I present it to whoever. My name gets cleared. My name gets cleared. Um, these guys, uh, he wants revenge. But to me, isn't there's no greater revenge than a cop in prison. No greater revenge than a cop in prison. True, yeah. yeah like uh, what he does to Quintero was m- almost mercy. Because he, yeah. that's that's the guy that shot his wife, right? He's the one that actually pulls the trigger of yeah. all the goons that show up at his house. That because because he he, gra- he has a scar on his hand, he grabs his hand, he remembers doing that that wrist lock. Yeah. So I remember you, and then he beats the shit out of him and kills him. <laughs> oh hey, I I figured you out. By the way, before this, it takes him a long time to remember. That the guy that started this whole thing on the on the dock that he couldn't see had said, and you can take that to the bank. The bank. <laughs> and it takes him a long time to figure out that, hey, this governor that says you can take this to the bank in almost every single time he's on television mm-hmm. is the same guy that he's looking for. Not only that, but O'Malley admits to having listened to that tape about a thousand times looking for little yeah. in, like speech patterns and this and that. It's like, this guy that his whole platform for running for Senate or whatever is you can take that to the bank. Not like that's like gun, that's gun. like hearing get her done. Where have I heard that heard before? That before. <laughs> get her done. Hmm. I, I know I've heard that voice somewhere. You might be a redneck. Where <sighs> I listened to that comedy album a thousand times, listen for any type <laughs> what? of <laughs> I just listened to that comedy album for 20 times looking for a joke. Couldn't find <laughs> Here's your sign. All right. <laughs> now is is Ron White the final boss in this one? Is he he's in the hot tub with a whiskey and a cigar and a and a yeah. bare bare chested lady? Is that right? <laughs> You're Ron White, why well, they call me Tater Salad. Uh, <laughs> The thing is, well, as I was saying, there's no reason for him to go to the governor's, governor's mansion. No. Now, if, if one of the cops got the tape and it was at the governor's mansion, now you have a reason to go to the governor's mansion. Exactly. You have to go get that. There's, I, he wants to kill, I know the final, but just thinking this logically, he has everything he needs to clear his name and put these guys away for a long, long time. And yeah. humiliate them. Not only they're going to go down the news, they're going to get humiliated, all of that. But we go to the governor's mansion, and he goes. Cigar goes there seeking revenge. Yeah, well, yeah, and and in the end, he he's about to kill the governor or whatever. Well, and okay, before you get there, he's oh, searching. Yeah. He's searching through the house, and he goes into the closet, and then the governor comes out with a gun and actually yells. Die! And I'm like, <laughs> did he really just jump out of the closet yelling, die? <laughs> well, let's just say hey, he breaks into the governor's mansion and kills all the lackeys. Yeah. So the only person alive now is Seagal and the governor. So he breaks I, in and all yeah. those guys are dead. Uh, I none of like them that. ha- That's one of my favorite scenes, though, is the because it calls back to the to the convenience store. 
he puts away his, oh, it's, I can't play if I have my gun. And so he puts it away. And then when he beats up those, it, it's, I, I remember like watching him being so impressed with Seagal and what he could do back in the day with this scene and how he beats the shit of the guy, stabs him in the throat, uh, you know, stuff like but, that. Like, and I love the fact that the goons are supposed to be on high alert, but you know what? Even goons need downtime. Well, here's the deal. If you're on high, he breaks in. None of these goons who are cops have guns on them. No. None of them. None. Not a one. None. So he could have he could have come in and just shot everybody, uh, but he puts his gun down and has the fight. You're on high alert. Somebody's coming to kill your boss. You're a cop. You're telling me, you know what? Let's all take our guns off and put them on the other side of the room while yeah, we yeah. shoot pool. Um, yeah. Uh, you, well, the one guy with the bad hair, he's had a bad day. He's gotten punched and kicked around a bit, so he needs yeah. to just chill. L guys, listen, I know we've been on high alert, but we deserve a break, okay? I'm calling it half-hour pool game break. Huh? What do you say, fellas? <laughs> yeah. Sn snooker! Yeah. Oh, shit, he's here? Damn it. <laughs> but anyway, oh, he, ki he kills all the goons, and he... He finds the governor in the closet. <laughs> and then he shoves a gun in his mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, another, that's a famous one, right? He basically it kind of punches the, with using the double barrels to bust his teeth. I assume. And then there's, so he's got, and the one thing, he's got blood all around his mouth. And so I wrote down, do you want to know how I got these scars? Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask him. Don't ask him. But <laughs> <laughs> He'll tell you. <laughs> and then he fakes shooting him in the balls. Oh God! Yeah, and yeah, he's going to shoot him in the dick, and yeah, but he misses. So he says, "Oh, I guess they weren't as big as I thought they were." Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's yours is huge, line. his is small. We get but it. I missed. I never missed. I never miss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the yeah, police and... come in and they do the whole freeze. You're under arrest. Not you, Seagal. We know you're innocent. No, no. What they do is, give me the gun, Seagal. You know, he, Seagal's got yeah. the governor. Give me the gun. Give me the gun. Give me the gun. Give me the gun. We saw the tape. We know you're innocent. Fucking lead with that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he'll be more inclined to give you the gun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We saw the tape. We know you're innocent. That's that's what you lead with. You don't tell me to give him the gun 12 times and then say, oh, we saw the tape. Lead with that. You yeah. defuse <laughs> yeah yeah use that to defuse the situation don't just like we're still hunting for you give me the gun we're still hunting for you give me the gun like <laughs> these guys are about to shoot you give me the gun like <laughs> don't make them think that like <laughs> oh yeah and and this totally proves your point because so had the SWAT team been the show the SWAT team would have shown up anyway because they now know there's you know gangsters and cops involved so they would have shown up at, at Sadler's place uh, anyway to arrest him. Seagal didn't need to go up and bust up the place. They would have just arrested all the cops, put him in jail. Yeah. Because they know he's innocent. So there was no need for the final fight. Like, he doesn't get, like you said, that one piece of proof that would have shown the cops he's innocent. No, they already know. He could have just let the justice system do its thing. Yep. And here's the deal. Kelly LeBrock and his son just bust the worst cops in the world. Oh, God. <laughs> Kelly LeBrock and his son just burst through and run down and, and, and hug him. It's like, these cops can't keep anybody out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Well, that's all they do. Stop. Don't move. Give me the gun. Well, well they didn't do it. Well, what are we going to do? And here's another thing. You have to arrest Steven Seagal at that moment. You have to. Yes. They don't. You, you put him in cuffs, whatever. You know, we've seen the tape, but whatever. Maybe not put him in cuffs, but you have to take him. I don't know if they take him in or not. They got a good statement. Like, uh... Yeah, but the end scene is Seagal walking out arm in arm with Kelly LeBrock and his son. It's Oh, is he? Yeah. Is he going? Back? He says, he "Do you want to go on? How about how about we go on a vacation?" Yeah. Well, he just murdered a bunch of dudes. Like, like even John McClane at the end of every Die Hard is in an ambulance and going off to the hospital where they're going right. to get his statement eventually. You know what I mean? Well, no, like the, his day isn't done. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and and this is more to your point, Scott, is that he he actually should be arrested for murder at this point. Yeah. Because those cops should have been arrested. Yeah, like he hasn't been reinstated by the police department, so he has no police powers. So, uh, so he turned over the evidence to clear his name. He should have let the the good cops arrest the bad cops. Technically, he's a vigilante. He's Batman. He's yeah. yeah. So, so now, he, uh, like, there's a guy with a pool cue in his throat that he needs to get arrested for that murder, if nothing else. Up until the governor's mansion, self defense. These guys are trying to kill me, kill yeah, my I'm kid. They're trying to kill me. They're trying to kill my kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, self-defense. Afterwards, murder, as you said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just straight-up murder. Because, because, quite frankly, that whole governor's mansion was under siege. Oh. oh! <laughs> but you know what? Steven Seagal thought he was above the law. Oh! <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, and a uh, three-word title, huh? How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. he was—he oh. was, was out for justice. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Because he was marked for death. Oh. Hey. <laughs> yeah, under siege too. Oh, <laughs> under Sorry. siege two. two. Oh, that's oh. three. <laughs> that's three. That's a three-word title. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's true. Uh, that that's one of the oldest things that I noticed. I'm out for death. Mark for justice. Hard to kill. Under siege two. <laughs> three word title. I just want him to make that movie. Three word title. That will be his retirement. Three word title. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else on the movie? Uh, I know. I know. We've been giving this movie a hard time, but I, as as a, as a popcorn action movie, I enjoy it. It's one of my favorite Steven Seagal movies. And I know I've been giving this movie a hard time, but. I really fucking hate Steven Seagal. So <laughs> I'm going to come down the middle in that. I like, I enjoy the action scenes. Um, I think they could have been filmed better. Or the camera does get a little too close to some of the, to some of the moves. So you can't really like later movies, they actually pull the camera back so you can appreciate what Seagal's doing in. And I mean, that, that goes back to my whole hating shaky cam. And then, Yes, these giant, like going back and watching it through the lens of or is it has really made me see this movie in a different light and be like, wow, I was dumb as a kid. Why didn't I figure this out back then? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay if you're a kid, but. No, it took me like Just 30 know years. Know what it is. Know it, what it, it took, is. I think it, that that's fine. It took me 30 years to figure this out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So just a few things on this movie. Steven Seagal's iconic ponytail, you made re reference of it earlier, uh, makes its first appearance in this movie. Okay. So this is the genesis of the of Le Ponytail. Right. Because, yes, this was, because in Hard to, uh, uh, Above the Law, 
It wasn't a, it, he had like stringy hair in the back, but it wasn't in a ponytail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this is the one he says, it, the trivia came up and said, Kelly LeBrock had pretty much retired from acting at this time and only did the movie as a favor to her husband. Ah. Go to her uh, IMDb. I have. The only, the only two movies she does before this is The Woman in Red and Weird Science. Then she does Hard to Kill. And then she does about a dozen more movies. <laughs> so obviously she wasn't that retired. Well, well she takes a three-year break before she... Sure, but she's in a movie pretty much until up until last year. And she's even got one coming out. So. Yeah. I um, saw the sorcerer's apprentice, by the way. Oh, really? That's not the Nick cage one. No, it's not. It's worse. Way worse. Oh, wow. I saw the drift tracks though. So that helps. She's also the bad guy in wrongfully accused the uh, Leslie Nielsen fugitive spoof. That's right. Yeah. Lauren oh, wow. Goodhue. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Steven Seagal did not get along with the director, Buse Halmuth, uh, and considered him, considered him a very poor director. Chief among Seagal's complaints included dissatisfaction with filming the action scenes, like Mark said, and being excluded from the editing process. <laughs> uh, I should be in it more. Make my punches look better. Mm-hmm. Don't cut out those eight kills in the middle at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> More gunshot wounds to my chest. Yeah. yeah. Makes me look oh. like Superman. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, I just saw this on IMDb. Scott, and uh, it, no date yet, but it's been announced. Above the law, too. He's What's reprising his role as, as Nico Toscani. Oh, Wow. Yeah, a sequel to Above the Law is apparently on its way. <laughs> oh, man. So, as always on this show, we try to find the real story behind the story, Mark. Hold on, hold on. You were t- we, I brought up that Steven Seagal's uh, Kelly LeBrock was going to sue him. We were going to... Oh, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, we're, yeah, well, that, that's what I meant with she did more movies after this. Oh, no. She sued him for imprisonment. She said that oh, Steven really? Seagal imprisoned her in their house. Whoa. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, that came out in their divorce. Uh, yeah, I believe it. Well, that's yeah. what, so I'm guessing that's where she was for the three years after her. That's I was going to make that joke, but I thought, yeah, that was good. Whoa. Yeah. She accused him, uh, maybe not sued, but she accused him of imprisonment, where she was a prisoner in her, home, in her own home, and he wouldn't let, yeah. So that, it, doesn't he uh, allegedly have one of those sex dungeons? Is this does. one of the? Is this one of the guys? I know there's a couple of yeah, them. Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal is supposedly uh, he he has one of those or had one of those. Yeah, and didn't he like keep her down there, kind of thing for something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I heard this. Yeah, I thought I heard this one way back. Yeah. Yeah. So now I hate him even more. <laughs> Well, as always on the show, we try to find the real story behind the story, Mark. Um, well, or is it uh, a story about a man who uh, you know avenges his wife's death by fucking another girl? Or uh, is it a political strategy that almost worked if it weren't for one pesky cop who was hard to kill? Oh. Well, I, I got to say, this senator, um, once he's in office... He's actually doing some good. Like, there's a whole rally that he's at where he's getting guns off the street. Like, it's true. This, I mean, 
like for like he got there through very shady means and some guy had to die for him to get there but once in office he's not doing that bad like uh, you know what i mean like we don't see him like it's not like like this we're getting the guns off the street and i'm going to keep them for all my goons as far as we know they're destroying all these guns so it's like that would be that would be a very fun movie where a guy gets into office under shady circumstances but does a really good job and it's like we really don't want to kick him out because he's doing such a good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just like, uh, you know, we don't like how he got there, but eh, <laughs> he's not doing so bad. <laughs> Scott? Mine is Steven Seagal, the only man with a preceding hairline. If you look through his, his hairline starts at the top of his head in his first movies, and by and every movie after that, it he just has a solid he just has a solid hairline. So Steven Seagal has a preceding hairline. Is is he going to look like Cousin It in Above the Law too? By now, he's just going to be to blow dry his face in a couple of years. Yeah, because <laughs> I tell you, he, he didn't look like that at Comic Con. It is way back there. So oh, now he, it is. Yeah, he might have. I I will bet if he does. Because in above the law, uh, in above the law's first movie, he's clearly balding, uh, and I would be interested to see if he does above the law too. How much more hair he has now than he did then? Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he well, he did one called Beyond the Law, where he plays a different guy, which I think that's is a, kind of funny. That's sort of a shoot off, or an offshoot, a shoot off. Well, he plays a an different offshoot. character. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of weird. Uh, I have it as, uh, or is it the stolen script from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a live-action movie? Think about it. Their hero's home is destroyed by the villain. Yeah. The hero can't go to the police because of who he is. Check. The hero spends an unnecessarily long portion of the movie at a secluded house of a female friend while recovering and retraining. Yes. And the hero And the hero returns, defeats the villain, and saves the day. Yeah, and yeah, except the turtles actually murder the bad guy. <laughs> well, allegedly, right? Yeah, they throw, they throw Shredder off a roof. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but he but he survives. He comes back in too. So they, he, he, he he does. He's not, I mean, he's not at, really murdered. At the, at so the what time... we need? Go seagull, go seagull, go, go seagull, go seagull, go, go seagull, go seagull, go. <laughs> oh wait, no, sorry. Technically, a uh, a wannabe cop murders the bad guy. It's Casey Jones that pulls the lever on the dump truck. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so the turtles didn't do it. <laughs> but you're right. Wow. No wonder I like this so much. I was like, shit, I'm just watching the turtles all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So that's going to about do it for... Oh. What is Hard this to one? Kill. Hard to kill. Scott, <laughs> thanks. That's going to about do it for a three-word title. For a three-word title. Scott, thanks very much for coming out. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I'm Derek. Oh, I'm Mean Mark. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> Join us next time when we'll take a look at the story of Earth's Mightiest Warriors taking on another superhero, uh, superhero team riding giant cat vehicles. Robert Downey Jr. leads the charge in Avengers Age of Voltron. <laughs>